You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Welcome into just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. I'm joined as always by the head coach of Northeast Academy, the one and only, the native of Virginia by way of North Carolina, Mr. Stevie Floss. Stevie, welcome in. What's up, buddy? Hopefully, uh, hopefully we got all the technical difficulties out of the way from last week because I had mine, my internet decided to go out right at the last minute. But you, you pretty much got my number one on the top five stadiums I want to go to. Okay, good. Pittsburgh, good. All right. And next week, you're going to be from Manassas, Virginia. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, before we get started, I hate to bring this up because he's a Raven now, but what about Keaton Mitchell on Sunday? And Kyle, you muted yourself. I'm sorry. My wife was – I was trying to tell my wife how to use the television because apparently she doesn't know how to. Um, the uh, the Keith, Keith Mitchell with the big run for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, not just uh, that. 138 yards rushing. Yeah, total rushing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he – Did he get rookie of the week? I don't know. He got – he like got like uh, ground gra- – that, that was that Fed Express ground game of the week. He got that. Well, I know, um, I know that was, you know, being a Steelers fan, it was hard for you to oh, cheer for Keaton, but you, you well, know, what I was happy, you know, as long as he doesn't do it against us, no doubt. All right, so we're gonna welcome in from the Steve Logan era, or as we like to call it here on the show, the Matt Semenza era, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the one and only, uh, Mr. Darren Hart. Darren, welcome in. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me. Good to be able to hear you this week too. We saw we saw you last week. We just couldn't hear you. It, it's my inability to uh, encounter all this technology. I, I just didn't hit the right button. But uh, I, we all good this week. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So me, me and Darren, everybody should have heard me and Darren started talking backstage about forty minutes ago. We had one hell of a podcast and nobody listened. So we're gonna get into some of that here in a minute. We were talking a lot about recruiting. Uh, NIL and um, how, you know, about Darren's thoughts on um, how we should approach uh, or some thoughts on how we should approach recruiting going forward. So that's going to be interesting. We'll get into that here in a minute. But first, we're going to do what we always do. We have a former East Carolina Pirate on. We're going to talk about Darren. We're going to take it from the beginning. Well, not from the very beginning. I'm not going to talk about where you were born and all that. But (laughs) all the way back to your high school days, coming out of high school in Winston-Salem, um, talk about how you became a pirate, your recruiting progress, your recruiting process under Steve Logan, and uh, who else offered you, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, a lot of people offered were, were offering my brother David Hart um, because he was a shrine bowler and and all that kind of stuff, and and I was actually good at baseball, basketball, and football, so I. I came to East Carolina thinking I would get a chance to play baseball too. But of course, Steve Logan shut that down. We actually won the state in baseball uh, with post 36 uh, in Wilmington. And I was the MVP of the team and all that. So I I was wanting to play both sports, but, you know, I didn't know how good East Carolina baseball was at that time. Like 
it's a whole different entity and it, it, it would have been hard to play two sports but um we decided to come to east carolina together because uh a lot of the acc schools wanted well all the acc schools wanted my brother but um they wouldn't let us come together they wanted him but not me and we wanted to go to school together so that's how we ended up at east carolina uh i, I know y'all remember the kiki and ronde bobber twins for uh for virginia oh yeah. yeah yeah so they they was at virginia and we we was at east carolina and um and uh carolina i mean everybody everybody wanted my brother but um because he scored points that's what it was and i played defense and we both did both but you know he scored a point and uh we ended up coming to east carolina because uh they wanted both of us and and and, and ever since then you know we became like we wanted to get back at every school that didn't recruit us and didn't you know nc state uh okane he passes over um we thought we were going to uh, north carolina state but um okane you know thought different so we we all ended up coming to uh you know east carolina off of the 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 fact that we beat them we actually watched that game uh in 91 where ecu beat nc state and and we was like okay we going to that school so we could always do it again but and we actually end up beating them uh last game my, my last our last football game of our career we beat them in panther stadium which was yep. the first was was the first uh college football game held in panther stadium at the time oh yeah that's right we, we beat them and uh didn't know that uh that was going to be our last game ever since we were eight and two or something like that. And we eight didn't go. Three. Yeah. Eight and three. We didn't go to a bowl game that year, but we, we thought we were going to three bowl games in a row, but they decided, we was independent at the time. So they decided to go with someone else. And uh, that was our last game. So my last game, we actually completed the task of beating NC state for not recruiting us. What what is the deal with ECU teams going eight and three and not getting sent to a bowl game, Kyle? You know, it was back in those days. You know, the '83 team had happened and the '96 team had happened. There yeah. just there, there, there just weren't so many bowls back then, and East Carolina was independent. Um, the Liberty Bowl had the choice that year of taking the Conference USA champion or East Carolina. They chose to take Houston, the Conference USA champion. We joined Conference USA the following league or the following year, and. Uh, but, you know, at that time, it was just not a lot of opportunities. I remember there was some discussion of the Independence Bowl that year, and it, it just didn't happen. And uh, it was unfortunate because that was a great football team. And when, mean, people, when people say there's too many bowls now, I always remember that night. Because it ain't going to be – it ain't going to be a 6-6 six and six Mississippi State that gets left out. It's going right. to be an 8-3 and three East Carolina. Exactly. So, and I, and I, think, I think the fact that we were independent – it, it 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 we were not Notre Dame and you know it, it was a list you know yeah. of, of independent teams and and we just wasn't the the more popular team and that's why when we got in conference USA we just started winning that conference every year yeah because you know and I we like to say we were the class that actually got us into conference a conference you know what I mean well you won the Liberty Ball Alliance in ninety four and ninety five which became Conference USA. Right. Somehow got left out, and then a year right. later, you know, they, they invited East Carolina in and started playing 97. 
But that's, that's what I'm saying. There. I mean, you, you got a team that's been to these, all these bowl games, you know, like what two in a row. You got a quality win over uh, number 12 Miami, Florida at Miami, and you yeah. beat an SEC team. You beat South Carolina. I mean, if that doesn't boost your resume a little bit, I, I don't, I, I don't know what Houston looked like that year, but I, you know, it just seems like, you know, just like you said, being an independent and and lack of respect, it seemed like, because I know that '83 team, that was lack of respect for that '83 team. Right. He, Houston went seven and four that year. Um, Southern Miss also went eight and three and got left out of a bowl that year. They finished second in conference USA. It was just a matter of the Liberty Bowl feeling obligated to take the first ever conference USA champion. That's um, it. And, they and, had to take the champions of each conference to make that you know, and and that that's what it is. And we didn't we wasn't in the conference. No, and it, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for an independence. Right. And right. and you know that's why I say when people say there's too many ball games now, I'm like, well, you know what? At least we don't get left out anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Um, so, uh, we, uh, you, you, you already, you, you jumped ahead all the way to your last game. So we'll, really <laughs> no, you know, I just, one thing I like to ask, uh, all the EC players that I talk to and I have over the years, talk about coming out, coming out of the tunnel at Ficklin for the first time. What, what kind of feeling was that for you? I mean, coming out, especially coming out with your brother too. What was it like coming out that first time to Fick, in Ficklin? Man, it, it was amazing because we we came out and and it, it's a crazy story. We had number forty one and forty two because we just they just threw jerseys on us because we were red shirted. Okay, so we coming out the tunnel and we just like it was everything was like slow motion, like a dream. And we're playing Syracuse, you know, at home. And I I I don't know who was the quarter. It, it was the What's his name? I forget who it was, but uh, they had a whole lot of players. Uh, we played. We actually played against. You know, uh, were you uh, there? Marvin Harris. Ishmael was there. Yeah, Ismail. That's his name. So yeah, we. I get to see Ismail live. Like, how fast yeah. is this kid? Right, and uh, we can't see. So we run on the sideline, and we up here, and we got all these. You know, Greg Granderson and all these tall kids, and uh. And we sitting up here like, dang, you know, we, we can't see. So we decide, me and my brother decided to stand on the bleachers on the sideline so we could see the game because we redshirted, right? Right. And we, we was on the sideline just talking cash mess to the other team. Like, you know, whoever lined up the DB, we were just killing them on the sideline. So so Coach Coach Logan was said, God dang it, get those heart – Tell them, get them off my sideline, you know. So they basically kicked us off the sideline and put us back where the bleachers are, where the players come and sit down. And we stood on the uh, bleachers so we could see the game. <laughs> but we was, we was we was trying to run on the field even when we were red-shirted. And it, it was just a surreal feeling because we – the Fickling back then was, was – was, I mean, it was packed to – to oh, capacity yeah. on every game, you know, because we we coming right out the the Liberty Bowl, and you got the '92 season that 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 really was we was kind of middle of the pack '92, but we still played everybody. We played West Virginia, Syracuse. We we used to play the big schools, you know, uh, Auburn. You, 
whoever you name, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So so it was it was a surreal feeling to see some of those guys play live, you know, close up like that because you know you see these games on TV or in the stands, but it, it was a good feeling, and and we knew then that we could play college football because we practiced with our, you know, we practiced with ECU and they are out there playing. And we was like, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Anthony Davis or, or, or Carlesta Crumpler, all them, we play against them every day in practice. Yeah. So we tried to make them look, we gave them, man, we, we gave them so much hell in practice that, uh, it, it they knew we were going to be good, but, uh, that's back when they redshirted players. You know, they don't redshirt players no more. They, everybody got to play as a true freshman and, you know, you know, but, but the Clayton drivers, he introduced me to college football. He told me, take it easy, twin. Take it easy. Don't go hard in practice. It ain't no uh, all Americans in practice. So he beat me deep. And then Chuck Bagano yelled at me and say, God dang it. You'll never get another rep. And, and, and ever since then, I never looked back. <laughs> so, so Clayton Driver is the is the one player that that put the fire inside of me to say this will never happen to me again. <laughs> he told he he, he kind of got us. He told us to go easy. Yeah, yeah. We started we started playing. Every practice was like a game, really. Like we would hit them and everything. I got a I got in a fight with Junior Smith and got kicked out of practice because you know, no, I think with Jared McPhail. Who won? Well, it was only one punch. I mean, oh, okay. Darren <laughs> said that's all it took was one punch. No, no, he, <laughs> he hit me. No, 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 no. He he got me. He got me because he hit me first. And they you. wouldn't let me get back at him. I got you. Darren still, you can still get you. We're going to set that up. Boxing match. Darren McPhail. Darren Ar- <laughs> no, he, but, but, but no, no. Can y'all imagine? I left. They kicked me out of practice. Steve Logan kicked me out of practice, and I walked down the hill by Scott Dorm with my full equipment on, mouthpiece in and everything. And I sit on the bus stop. So they they sent because this is crazy time. So they sent Coach Connors to go get me. Somebody go get Hart before he go, you know, like kill himself or something, right? And uh, I'm sitting on the bus stop down the hill uh, where main campus is. I walked all the way down there. And uh, here come coach with, with, the, with the cart and said, Hart, get back in the, in the, and, and he brought me back to practice because I was about to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least somebody going to take the helmet off or something. No, I, I'm walking on oh, campus God. with my full uniform on. Are you looking for somebody to tackle? Yeah, well, I was just mad because I got kicked out of practice. I really didn't know what they were going to do to me, but. You know, uh, yeah. it, it, it all ended up well. And, uh, you know, me and Jerry's, we were good friends with all of them. Junior Smith, Jerry McPhail, I mean, you know, uh, best buddies of uh, Scott Harley. But we made all them guys work in practice. Well, it's just like you say, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to be in practice. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll jump ahead a little bit, 94 season. Um, you know, 90, 92 season, you redshirted. 93 season, hey, it was a struggle. 94 season, there was some there was some real bright spots. So one of them would be uh going down um to Columbia and uh and beating South Carolina um in a in an absolute shootout. Um 
down there. I, I can't remember the final score of that game. It was, I, I don't know if you remember, it was 50 something, 40 oh, something. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot, a lot of score. What, what do you remember like that. about that game, the beat, beating the game, Cox in Columbia? Uh, they had a big running back, number 33. What's his name? He, he he was really like and and this was right after the movie um that came out that they shot in the stadium and uh we we just thought like wow man because we never really you know we in the we in a we we kept thinking about the movie that they had made uh in, in south carolina stadium and um we the pro, really, was it the program i don't, I don't yeah, know yeah yeah it's something like that man but okay. um it was it was it we played them, and it was a shootout. But um, we we played well. But and it's hard to say you played well if you you giving up that many touchdowns. But uh, the defense, it, we played complimentary football that day. You made plays when you had to, for sure. Yeah. No, no yeah. question. And we, I mean, Junior Smith lit it up that day, man. He he was unstoppable. I I never seen a guy that small uh, run so hard, you know. And that's when I knew that. Uh, Man, because he wasn't the tallest running back. He wasn't the biggest. And, I mean, he, he really did a, a great job uh, for East Carolina. And, and we would look at him and say, man, if he could get a first down on this level, we should be able to play on this level. You know, right. and we just – we that was a great moment because, I mean, we beat a SEC school. But they wasn't as big as they are now. But nice. um, it was a big win for East Carolina, no doubt. But we made a pack um, – after the 93 season where we, we kind of went two and nine because we lost our quarterback. Marcus Crandall broke his leg against, um, who was that against? UCS. It, it was, yeah. Central okay. Florida. Central Florida. And they, it, it was, it was rumors was out that they planned to do that. Right. And uh, we made a pact then that uh, we was going to stick together. It, it was, it was seven of us. It was Morris Foreman, uh, Marcus Crandall, Mitch Galloway, uh, Sean, uh, EJ Gunthrope, and me and my brother. And we made a pact that we wasn't going to transfer. We were going to stick it out. And uh, we're going to make ECU our home. And we felt like we could turn the program around from that core players. And then we just started asking coach, you know, we, we talk about recruiting. We would want to host all the recruits. So we recruited Forrest Foster. We recruited Kevin Monroe. All them guys, they came through us because we were the core group that, that tried to recruit all these kids, Matt Semenza, all of them. So they, Michael Vick, we had Michael Vick. Oh, they really? were always, yes, that, that's Michael Vick was ready to sign. And Coach Steve, Steve Logan called us in, me and my brother. He's like, David, what is, what is, what is, do we got him? And I was like, Coach, he coming. So we he thinking and we thinking Michael Vick is gonna sign with with East Carolina. But we we it was a guy named David Garrod that was a, they in the same class. And we were thinking because everybody that 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 Steve Logan signed, he he signed so many dang quarterbacks one year. But he would always move them to tight end or find somewhere else for him. But uh, David Garrod came in. And somebody on his way home, Michael Vick, somebody must have called Michael Vick and said, they're going to try to move you to wide receiver. So he ended up going to Virginia. Oh. Yeah, I'd have rather had David Garrard than Michael Vick any day. Because we we landed. We landed David Garrard probably the week before we landed 
uh, Michael Vick, but it, it was like anybody we brought in, we we would get them to sign. And we, we had our little deals, what we do, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we showed people a good time in Greenville. Yeah, and, 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 and that, you know, recruiting changed so much, and that's still important. You, you got to – you got to fit in. You, you got to, and sometimes I don't think kids, particularly in this day and age of the portal, I don't think kids think about when they, where they fit in when they go somewhere and how well they fit in because they're just going to go maybe wherever, you know, is offering them whatever the best offer they have, the the bigger name school instead of what's the best fit. And I think that's what you're talking about. Well, well it, go, it goes back. It goes back to this. Who do y'all think the biggest recruiters were from the player's standpoint? Uh, Ashley, I mean, you know, Houghton and CJ, right? Because they knew the area. They know Greenville. Right. You see what I'm saying? So some of your big-time recruits in their era probably were hosted by them. Yeah, no doubt. No and, doubt. And, see, and see, when when we came through, you know, like I was telling you, the, uh, the, clo- the proximity of Marcus Crandall and Morris Foreman staying in, in Farmville and – you know, you had local talent that could show the recruits a whole different vibe in Greenville. That makes sense. Definitely, no, definitely. I mean, you, you, um, we, we as did players, some, we, you have we, a response. We took some kids. <laughs> we we would take trips, and you're not supposed to do this, but we would take trips <laughs> with these kids, and then come back. As long as we ended up in Greenville, we good. Where would y'all go? Yeah. Oh my God. We went to Charlotte. We went to Raleigh, Durham. I mean, that's the easy trip. But then they didn't want us to take the kids that far. Right. So we we just wouldn't tell them. Yeah. Well, if they don't know, they don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it was it was we took some trips and 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 did some deals and and the kids loved it, you know. And uh, you know, hindsight don't get the keys to <laughs> to the truck to certain people. <laughs> they they knew what they were doing. They didn't care what y'all did as long as it they was really. Control. You know what they, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But um, yeah, man, we we had fun with it because you know the North Carolina kids kind of migrated the Georgia kids and the Florida kids. If you came from anywhere outside of you know, because it's an experience to come to Greenville because it's like you're going to go on a long road. Back then, you went on a long road in the middle of nowhere, and then the city opened up. And yeah. it's even more beautiful now in Greenville than it's ever been. So it's an experience. You know, the land is flat. Um, you know, so if you get them to Greenville, I think the school and the area sells itself. But some people just don't go past Raleigh Durham. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and we'll get that recruiting in just a, in just a moment. I wanted to touch on a few more games during yeah. your playing career. Um, you mentioned Syracuse, the '92 game. Uh, we go up to the Carrier Dome in '95, uh, get down pretty big. Dante Culpepper and the uh, Syracuse Orangemen uh, get down was it 21 to seven. No, we ended up winning it 28-21, if I remember right. Uh, I'll try to remember. 24. 28-24. Okay. Um, what do you remember about that one? Uh, c- coming back against Syracuse in the uh, Carrier Dome. Well, they had a guy named uh, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, I don't remember him. Yeah, did I say don't take Cole Pepper a minute ago? Oh, no. <laughs> he played for, that was UCF in '96. Yeah, I yeah, Don, Donovan yeah. McNabb. 
we played against Cold Pepper, but but yeah. it's Syracuse. You talking about Donovan McNabb, McNabb and yeah, Marvin Harrison? Yeah. yeah, Marvin Harrison was there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and yeah, and I I got I I remember we knew about Marvin Harris speed, and we knew that they were gonna do the option pass where Donovan McNabb fake the option, then go back and throw the bomb to Harris because they score on everybody like that. So I told my brother, who's a free safety, I say, man, look, the dude can run, so, you know, you need to get the hell on <laughs> so that he don't run by you, you know. And uh, they still did it, and and God forbid that I mean, uh, Donovan McNabb overthrew him, but he got past my brother. Man, you tell me, me and my brother used to fuss on the field so bad, they they would have to call a timeout. The players would be saying, Coach, they fussing again. <laughs> Look, I, I've got on my team that they're graduating this year. I'm losing this year, but I've got two twins on, on that I've had since they were in seventh grade. And they would fuss sometimes. I'd have to I'd have to do the same yeah. thing. I'll time out, get them straight. But yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about there. So 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 twins are the worst. Cause we we plus as he, the Rondé twin, Barber twin, they probably were better because one of them play offense, one of them play defense. But but when you put both of us on the same side of the ball, it it, it really got kind of testy. But uh, I, that was a good feeling coming back on them. Um, you know, we we knew we could play with them at halftime when it was twenty one seven. We we just always felt like we were gonna come back. And uh, when we did come back, and you know, we kind of. Stop basically concentrate on um Marvin, I mean um, Donovan McNabb because he likes to keep the ball, and we knew that and he didn't want to pitch it and things like that. So we exposed them in the second half, uh, you know, just through film study, man. I think we had some of the best coaches uh back then. I mean, with uh with, with Chuck Pagano and, and 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 I'm gonna tell you the, the one defensive coordinator we had was Larry Coyer. He came in in uh, that year, and he he put fear in this coaching staff like no other. And um, he really – and I think Chuck Bagano moved to corners or whatnot. But uh, when, when he came in, things changed with Larry Coy. He passed away, you know. Uh, he, he's a, a big-time NFL coach and all that. But mm -hmm. uh, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. But he – he definitely was a uh, mastermind. Of, of, uh, we went from last defense or uh, bottom of the in the in the nation to like up to maybe twenty fifth or thirteenth. I mean, we we did a big jump that year. And, yeah. uh, if you check your records down, it, people didn't score a lot of points. So I don't care who you were, twenty seven at the most. Yeah, no defense is really good. Ninety five, and you close up the season. Unfinished business. Go to Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, beat Stanford in the Liberty Bowl where, where the Pirates had lost the year before. Defense shows out against the Cardinals in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, what do you remember about that one? Well, I remember losing the Liberty Bowl. You, you always remember the ones you lose, right? Right. So I, remember lose, I remember losing the Liberty Bowl in in, 90, in 94. Four. And we, we lost to Illinois. They had Simeon Rice, Kevin Hardy. They had um, – they had all these star NFL players, whatnot, and we we kind of went down to Memphis and we partied too much. <laughs> Steve Logan didn't give us a curfew, and and we partied because we know how to party. And uh, hell, I think even Coach Connor sung 
he, he sung a song at the banquet or something like that. And <laughs> we were just having a good time. And, and Illinois was just sitting over looking at us, you know, and then they ended up beating the game, of course, 30 to nothing. So we learned a lesson in the first game. And my, my brother on the interview, when we lost the game, he said, next year, it's going to be a different story. So we already knew we were going back. And I think we, Coach Connors put unfinished business. We yep. had a shirt that say unfinished business because we knew that we were coming back. And we circled the game. We played Illinois the next year, and we went to Champaign, and we were going to get them. Seven we, to nothing. Seven to nothing. We barely, yeah. And we had to, we had a chance to beat them. And we, and last second, we had the chance to beat them. And uh, it goes back to the way we kind of ran things at ECU back then. You, you go for it, you know. And if you ever listen to Steve Logan, you know, he went for it on Duke one time. We lost 10-9. But he went for two. And he said, you always go for two. Yeah. And, and uh, we, I, it, it probably was, uh, no, it was West Virginia. West Virginia, 96. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went for two. And, and we were good with that. I mean, we, at that time, man, the offense had, the defense back, the defense had the offense back. And uh, we we had some good times, but we knew we were going back to the Liberty Bowl before my brother spoke it in, in, in to, into existence because we just – we felt like we let everybody down in 94, and we had to prove ourselves that we was a better football team. So we ended up winning it in 95 against Stanford. Yeah. And uh, and that was all – we started as soon as we hit, hit the ground – I mean, Coach Connors, he had this crazy workout and 300s and all that, and we, everybody bought into it, and uh, we ended up coming back in 95 and actually winning the Liberty Bowl against Stanford. I think it was Willingham was the head coach. It was, Tyrone Willingham. Oh. You, you beat Stanford, finished 9-3, and three, finished 23rd in the, um, in the uh, coaches' poll. Uh, but you, you know what? The people don't, people don't talk about that. As, because as because you weren't ranking in the AP poll for whatever reason, but you were ranking in the people forget. Yeah, that's and believe it or not, it, it, it's hard to believe we've been in the top twenty-five plenty since then. But that is the last time we finished the season ranked in the top twenty-five after the bowl game. Well, you yeah. you got the only touchdown in that game, right? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. That was my only. That was my only score in my in in, in the history. But I, I got an interception against Virginia Tech in the end zone. They didn't call it. But Virginia Tech is the only team we didn't beat in our era. Uh, we, we never got the chance to beat Virginia Tech. Well, you beat them in 92 when you were a true freshman or a redshirt. Right. We, we did. And we was on the sideline. Yeah. So, no, you, you didn't. We didn't what's, that, we, what's his name? This Delani DeShields? He was a great baseball player. Delano DeShields, yeah. yeah. Played for the Expos. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the quarterback at that time. Wow. We, we played against some good quarterbacks, man. Peyton Manning, I mean, 95. You guys played against some – I mean, you look at, a, at the NFL stars, you, some of them, just to name a few, you talk about Antonio Freeman at Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Donovan yeah. McNabb and Marvin Harrison, we talked about yeah. them. Peyton Manning and then Gus Farratt at, at Tulsa. Remember we, Gus, yeah. yeah. And don't forget Dante Culpepper at uh, UCF. <laughs> yeah, or Dante yeah. Culpepper at uh, Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, 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 the Syracuse. Yeah, and Robert yeah. Matthews talking about a, a tight end at, at uh, Syracuse, Ken Dilger, who yeah, went on Dilger. A, a really good career in the NFL with the Colts. 
They put Dilger. They put Dilger out at. They he was a tight end. They put him out at the number two slot receiver. All right. This how they ran the oh, option. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. So, right. so that he would block me. So I'm I'm going against Trent Dilger at like a hundred and I'm, I might be hundred ninety pounds. And they put him out there, and they started running option with him lead blocking. And uh, you know we got through it though. Right. I just Some, knew when he was out here, I was gonna blitz because I know the play. So I'm, I'm gonna hit on a couple more games here, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of move on to some other topics. Um, and, and Steve, if there's a game you want to mention to get uh, get it in, but the, the two I want to mention here one one more from the '95 season, Southern Miss down in Hattiesburg, the fake field goal, Chad Holcomb fakes the field goal, pass interference, then comes on to kick it to win it. Um, that was a uh, that was a, I, I, every time the Pirates and the Golden Eagles got together, it seemed to be a physical ball game. Right, and 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 that was a tough game going against them. That was our rivalry, actually. And yeah, oh yeah. And out in our eyes, that was the toughest game, you know, that we had to play with the independent schools was Southern Miss. And uh, I, I don't the year before they came actually on ESPN on Thursday night. They got us on a Thursday night and just lit the scoreboard up. That's our worst game we played. That was the 96th yeah. the following year, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. they beat us pretty good. That was one of the two losses, three losses. And um, we I were so embarrassed up. against that, that that week. Uh I don't know who the quarterback was, but they, they kind of – Lee Roberts. Yeah, they kind of got the better of us. But um, in that game, we, we kind of – again, Steve Logan, you know, making the gutsy calls and – um he faked the field goal. We got the pass interference call, and uh, we knew that Chad was gonna hit the free the the uh, the, the field. I, everybody just knew it, you know, because he he just put it. We we just thought we was invincible at that time, and uh, and it, that was a great game. But they they really um, the, the the fans were so close to the field that we yeah, they're right win. on top of you in that stadium. Yeah. And they were calling us Daffy Duck and shit like that, you know. They they like, hey, hey, you, your suit's so white, you look like a duck, you know. And it, it was crazy. <laughs> my my brother had D A V on the back of his jersey, and I had to, they had to put D A R so you could differentiate between David and Darren. So they had Dab Duck. So they was they were calling. Uh, him okay, I now Dab Duck. Yeah. yeah, I got you. I so got they you. were calling him Daffy Duck, and every time that was pissing me off. So I just hit them a little hard. <laughs> Y'all making it hard on a Southern Miss, you know. You know, but we we had a good defensive game that game. You you played that position undersized. That did that put a little because I I played. Uh, offensive defensive line in high school undersized. I was like five, six, 145 pounds playing center and nose guard. Did that, like with me, did that put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Because people, people were, like you said with Dilger, they were just coming out there and saying, okay, we're going to put the big tight end and block him and take right. care of him. Didn't that put a little chip on your shoulder and make you work a little bit harder? You know what? I never, because I've been short all my life. I never, we never thought we was, until we watched film years later, we never thought we didn't belong. Right. So it was like you sending a big fullback at me, knowing I'm not going to back down. It's just going to be a train wreck. Now, my nickname was Dizzy D because I'm going to always run into the train. Yeah. <laughs> and and I didn't go low. 
So people would go low on me and I'm already five nine. So they would go low on me when I'm like, I'm ready for the, for the big bang, you know? Yeah. And I knocked myself out quite a bit. So, <laughs> it, you know, I had five concussions it's uh, probably more than that. The ones I shook off, you know, when they say you okay, you always supposed to say, yeah, I'm okay. But, so, but, I, I mean, that, back in the day when you got asked that, you were, you were not going to say, uh, uh, unless you no. were really out of, you weren't going to say, no, I can't do it. I mean, and, and then you just got told, okay, well, go over there, get you some water. You just got your bell rose, shake it off, get back in the game. And that's the way you wanted it, too. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it a lot quicker now. If, yeah. they, if you run into somebody, they tell you to go to the tent and all that. But yeah. Uh, and I may have some screws loose or something. I don't know, but I don't claim it. But uh, I remember pretty good. So, I, you know, yeah, I, I figured, it. you know, it's like boxing. You know, once you I think they got 100 days before they can fight again because you got to let that thing, you know, settle in. But uh, I, I just, you know, I played at a high level and I, 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 I didn't know you could watch film. I thought that was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> So so when when so so when you see Peyton Manning and all these guys, you know, Luke Keekley watching film and they know the play before the play, I was doing that. Once they told us we could watch film and study the other opponent, right. so I would I would know plays before they happen. So I knew I was gonna get an interception against Stanford before I got the interception but because I say you knew tendency from watching game film. Yes, people yes, don't understand yes. how important that is. Yes. I, I knew I was going – I didn't know I was going to have a, the biggest game that I've had was against Miami. Right. And I didn't know that I was going to have a, that big of an impact, but I knew that I was going to make some plays. Let's talk about that Miami game. You, you, you talked about the Southern Miss game the week before. It was on ESPN, and uh, Southern Miss blows us out, I believe 28-7, something like that. Yeah, and, and, and then we go on the road the very next week to the Orange Bowl in Miami. And, uh, you know, you, you had a hell of a game as the Pirates blow out the Hurricanes. Right. And, and, and Miami to us then, we never really played that. Like, we didn't know about the U and, you know, or we did, but we didn't look at them as big as uh, – they, they wasn't as big as Auburn and Tennessee at the time. Right. So, so when we played Stephen Davis and them at Tennessee – I mean, Auburn, they were number four in the country. And when we played Tennessee, they was high ranked in the country. We played Washington years before then when, when Bino Bryant and all them, uh, uh, they were pretty, when we went all the way to Washington, when we like in 93 yeah, in yep. Kentucky and all them schools. So we played so many big schools that Miami would just, you know, we going down here to Miami and we, we thought, you know, Miami, we, we didn't, I, I didn't know, too much about like the orange bowl and i didn't know that that was where they played and all that so it was just us playing against miami in, in my mind so our film study though I, I knew i was gonna have a decent game i didn't know that they weren't gonna block me and I, I i was i was like surely they gonna have people looking for me but they didn't so i mistake. yeah i i had the game of my life because they didn't, you know, they they didn't account for. I guess they over, you know, like they're they're so little. Cause me and my brother was probably the smallest two, 
safety twins that ever played in college football. Yeah, Miami was very, you know, well, had, had a history of being very arrogant. So I'm quite yeah, sure ever, yeah, I'm quite sure they overlooked you guys, and uh, it cost them big time that day. And that game's on the that game's on YouTube for anybody that wants to watch it. And Not I think they were twelfth in the country or something yeah, at the time. 12. They were twelve. Yeah, they were twelve. But they, people, people like to say that they, you know, they was on probate, but they still had all their players. They won number twelve by accident. Yeah. And then we, and then here's a story for you. In '97, I'm a GA working with Coach Connors on the sideline as a shrimp coach. And in '97, we go back and play Miami again. So now they got revenge. They they're going for revenge on the loss that they had against us in '96. And, and uh, Fickling Stadium, I think it was, no, it was Keenan. What, what, what's NC State? It was 99, 99, Carter Finley. Carter yeah. Finley. So we in Carter Finley, we're in the stands like regular people looking at this game, and Miami is tearing us up like they really kicking, giving it to us. So we go in the at halftime, we actually they allowed us to go in the locker room, me and my brother, and I think Larry Shannon. And uh, a couple of the old players, we they allowed us to go in the locker room. Well, actually, Larry was already in the lot. He was a young year younger, so he was on the team. Man, we gave it to him. I'm talking about like I it never and people don't know it. We gave we we was they the coaches let us talk too. So we just was ripping them, and they came back and won that game. Yeah, and, uh, I was in '99 after Hurricane Floyd. Yeah, they, yeah. They came back and won the game, and we took the cold bows down. Yeah, and NC State was angry, but uh, oh we, yeah, we, we, we told NC State uh, they played in Greenville to close out the season that year. We told NC State they could take our post down if they beat us. Well, guess what? They didn't get to take our post down because <laughs> they couldn't beat us. Um, those are good times, though. Those are good times. I mean, you know. Uh, some of those guys reached out to us to this day because Facebook kind of bring everybody back together. So, you know, some of the South Carolina players, uh, some of the uh, some of the Miami players, you know, we still kind of talk, you know, online. It's kind of cool that the Internet can bring all this stuff back out. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. Um, and kind of actually, I had something I want to mention to you off there. I had an idea for 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 a couple of episodes uh, Stevie, I'll mention it to you too, but uh, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it on the air. Uh, people might steal ideas um, before yeah, we get a chance to do it. But uh, so you, we were talking before the show, Darren, and uh, we're going to get into a few more topics here before we wrap this thing up. You, you mentioned something very interesting, and <laughs> you were uh, you and your brother. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're traveling with the team. Um, your brother's name obviously is Dave Hart, and our AD at the time was Dave Hart. And yeah. uh, you said that there was times where you'd go, we all would go in your rooms and there'd be bottles of wine and fruit baskets and all delivered to Dave Hart and they would deliver it to the wrong Dave Hart, your brother. And you guys would just keep it and not tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they would, they would give all the treats and, and have a welcoming basket and, and, <laughs> and it had Dave Hart because we spell our name. He, he's Dave Hart. My brother's David Hart, but we would have this. I, I opened the door one day and I was like, are we in the right room? Because I'm talking about you talking about pedals and all kinds of stuff. They really jazz it up for I guess important people. And um we we sit there, I like, should we tell them? And my brother was like, nah, man, don't tell them. And we ate the fruit basket. And so this happened several times. And really, like I think we went, Dave was with us when we went to a bowl game. 
Yeah, I would have been ninety four Liberty Bowl. I think. Oh, oh, that was the that was really lovely. The boat <laughs> when we when we got to the hotel in Memphis. Oh man, we thought we would. I'm talking about it was like a suite. <laughs> but we never and, told anybody. We we just you know. And then Dave Hart kept wondering how why the hell he had to. The other Dave Hart, the AD. Kept wondering why the hell he kept being bucked with Jared McPhail. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> it, it was something else, though, man. But we had fun with it, uh, you know. And uh, nobody ever came, and Dave Hart didn't ever come to ask for his food or none of that. <laughs> he wasn't known about. It. He, was, he was thinking all these other places he goes on. He was like, "Gosh, no, you know, how in the world did I stop getting out of this good?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cool for us, though. No, no doubt, no it doubt. I, oh yes. Uh, so you, we we were talking before the show um, about recruiting and you know NIL and what's going on in today's day and age of college football. And you're coaching high school ball in the Charlotte area, and you know, talk about you know high school recruiting, particularly for the Power Five schools. You know, unless you're a four or five star player, you you know because of the portal, a lot of guys aren't getting recruited right now that used to. And um, talk about, you know, for East Carolina, you made a good point and, uh, about how these kids that are being recruited that, you know, maybe committing to Georgia or, or, or North Carolina or wherever, that, you know, we need to make sure we're still recruiting them, carrying on conversations with them and continuing relationships with them even after they've signed and started playing and, and going into the high schools and making relationships with these coaches and players even when we're not getting them because we may be able to get them out of the portal later. Yeah. Um... Now the scope of recruiting has changed so much. Uh, a lot of the big school power fives, they're only recruiting maybe four to five high schoolers per team and, and, and on, on their initial signing because the portal is so important now to all the schools. So it, it's, it's kind of changed the scope of things, and, and you could get real good players now just uh, going. You're getting guys that's committing early to FCS schools and in, in lower schools because they're the scholarships are limited to high school kids. But uh, I was talking about maybe uh, the importance of coming in and courting kids, even though uh, you may not be getting them as far as scholarship them because you could get them through the portal with a relationship. And it's important to build relationships uh, with all the college, I mean, high school coaches, because uh, some coaches they recruit, but they're not hitting. They they're recruiting off the internet, and they're recruiting off the uh, recruiting services, and they're not actually coming to the high schools. Like I, for for instance, I just all the the high schools that's in close proximity to East Carolina. I think we need to go in them mm-hmm. personally, and and introduce and, and shake hands with each coach. Uh, me being a high school coach in Charlotte. I know uh, a lot of coaches may go to the top schools or where the recruiting service sends you because you they already know where all the five stars and all this stuff are because of the recruiting service. But it's a lot of kids out here that's really good, but you just might need to talk to the coach or get a relationship with them so they can tell you where they top players from three years ago might have went, you know, and um uh, it's always you you got to recruit these kids like three or four times 
like you got to recruit them as a high schooler. You got to recruit them as a freshman because now instead of red shirting, they're really going to schools just to uh, get in the portal, get more film. Yeah, I like what you just said about talking to the coaches about, hey, yeah. I'm looking for a, uh, you know, I don't know, a quarterback. And right. uh, you go, hey, I don't have a quarterback right now, but two years ago I had a kid who's now playing down at, um, hell, I don't know, uh, uh, Gardner-Webb. And, right. uh, you know, he, he he's going to be their starting quarterback this year, but I think he can play at the FBS level. Yeah. And, so. and, and remember I talked to you about getting kids that love football. Not yeah. like football, not doing it for the NIL, not doing it for money, but getting kids that genuinely love football. And the key word is love. If you love the sport, then then you, you're going to do what you got to do to be great at it. And and I, I think we had uh, kids that love football. Like, you know, we you know, we got more farming from from Fort Union, you know, uh, but but the guy loved football, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think back the difference between now you you getting kids that's that's might meet your board standard as far as you know how tall they are and and how how they look physically and this and that. But do they love football? And, and I think you only can find that out if you of course talk to talk to the kids. But really, just building relationships is really the key to keeping players and going to get players, you know, shaking the no, hand still, still works. No, I agree with you hundred percent. Relationships are, are very key to recruiting. There's more to it. You, obviously you need the NIL money and people need to give the team Boneyard, the NIL collective um, yeah. to, to help East Carolina, but there is more to it than just that. And building relationships is certainly a, a big part of it. Um, Stevie, um, you uh you you have something you wanted to do with Darren? Um, oh yeah. They're called uh. Go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Two minute drill. Two minute drill. One okay. Day is uh some quick hitting questions. No no wrong answers, but uh it's just a uh, first thing that comes to your mind when you when you hear it. All right, you put two minutes on the clock. We'll get ready and go. All right. All right. Favorite food? Pizza. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Lake or beach? Beach. All right. Favorite music artist? Oh, uh, Jay-Z. Favorite movie? 300. Favorite TV show? God, uh, I, don't, I don't have one. Uh, old right. school? Anything old school? You watch yeah, growing yeah, up? old school back in the days when we uh, didn't have so much to pick from. I, you're right. We didn't have a lot to pick from. Uh, TV show, what's happening? Good times. Yeah, yeah. I, I love good times. Yes, yes. What's happening? Uh, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Yes. Turf or grass? Grass. All right. T uh, favorite sports team? Green Bay Packers. Favorite athlete? Ah, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, because I, I model my game. I, uh, what's your man named Florida State? Mm. Brooks, Derek Brooks, Derek Brooks. Okay, toughest opponent as a as a team and uh, one on one that you ever went up against? Uh, Virginia Tech. Okay, all right, toughest, toughest player you went up against? 
Deuce Daly. Oh wow! Favorite ECU memory? Shoot, I'm Miami. Right, definitely, definitely. All right, last last thing. Favorite favorite place to play on the road? I love playing in Southern Miss. <laughs> The, the, the fans are right there on you. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. You got the two minute drill. Uh, all right. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with one more. Uh, Parkers or bees? <laughs> Who? Oh, wow. Park. <laughs> Greenville Barbecue Establishment. Park. Parkers or bees? Oh, I'm going Parkers. Parkers over bees. Okay. All right. I'm going Parkers. I'm, 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 I'm for Parkers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tony Collins was definitely not a uh, Parker's Barbecue fan. We, no, he hates it. <laughs> we may we may get a chance to get our sponsorship back with Parker's. Not that Darren said he liked Parker. Oh yeah, <laughs> Parker's, Parker's got some good barbecue to me. Yeah, yeah. I like Parker's. I prefer Bees, but uh, everybody uh, everybody has their preference. And uh, well, we Parker's go back. Parker's go back a little further than uh. Well, bees have been there since the seventies. So, so is Parker's, but Parker, Parker's, Parker's is nicer. You know, I mean, it's not fancy, but it's nicer. Bees, bees is a dump. Bees just a little, little dump sitting there off forty three, and uh, <laughs> they, uh, they got really good barbecue though. Yeah, but, but all right. So, uh, Steve, we got anything else for Darren or Darren? Anything else you want to say? Any any social media you want to promote? Talk about where you're coaching high school ball at, et cetera. Nah, I, I'm I'm at I'm at Olympic High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, other than that, you know, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm diehard ECU. Hoping we get this thing rolling. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm ECU. I'm not the, one of those guys that's gonna fall off the boat. Uh, I, I'm a true pirate, and we're gonna we're gonna get this thing right. I, I'm hoping, I'm 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 hoping Houston can get it right. Uh, I, I I I'm. I'm a fan because I'm just a pirate and I just pirate support pirate. So I, right. I I'm glad we, we had a good showing last week. Uh, hopefully we can finish the season, uh, you know, you know, with some wins because that always helped uh, the climate of, of, of Greenville. But um, other than that, man, I, I love talking to you. I love your podcast. I love uh, hearing you, Kyle rant. <laughs> we, we, I've said several times we need to go back and make a best of Kyle on the fifth quarter. Well, I, some of my better rants ain't even on our podcast. They're on Pirate no, Radio. No, right the, one, the, the one I heard, the one I heard was legendary after the, after the Charlotte game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you should have took twenty four hours. <laughs> I, you, you need to go back and listen to some of the rants I cut when Jeff Confer and Scotty Montgomery was here. Oh, oh my God! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. when he became legendary there. Okay, because yeah, nice. see, I, I never see. I was I was in it then. My son was playing, and yeah. I didn't really. I, I wasn't more on the internet. I usually go up there a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I loved roughing, so you can kind of. You can kind of figure yeah. the rest of it from there. It, it it was a lot, but 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 here's the thing with Scotty, it was a lot of cleanup that he was doing. That well, I don't that, think anybody could succeed under that climate with Jeff right, Comfer right, at that time, right. and and so many people were angry about Ruffin being fired. I, I would yeah. And I had a son on the team, so he told me, man, they they giving him. So he was getting it. Scotty was getting it from everybody, the players, the. He, he was getting it from a lot of people, and uh, it's hard to 
coming to ECU unless you he he was coming from Duke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it And you fired a pirate. You fired a pirate and replaced yeah, him with a Yeah. 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 So it it, it kind of I'm talking about now 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 my story with Ruffin, he he brought us in our freshman year. He was the D-line coach and he was from Greenville. So he would be the one that really took the freshmen under their wings and showed them Greenville. Yeah. So, so, so when he came back to Greenville, like this is where he lived. Like he was, he, this was like a dream come true. And we knew how much and indebted that Ruffin was to Greenville as a community. And uh, for, for that to happen, you know, but, but water under the bridge, you know, we, we definitely saw how important Ruffin became and was through the coaching uh, industry. Like he he was up there with some of the great, like they took him in. I think he went to the uh, the Heisman deal on ESPN. He was, uh, I mean. Yeah, he was very well respected. And then he was very good. well respected. I, I do not think Jeff Comfort realized the storm he was going to stir up, not only locally, but nationally right. when, he, right. when he fired Ruffin McNeil. And uh, Jeff Comfort got what he deserved. Unfortunately, our football program didn't. You know, but uh, Confer got what he deserved. He, he, uh, we ran him out of town for running rough out of town. Unfortunately, we had to pay him a lot of money. I told, I've said it before, if I was many times, if I was East Carolina University, Jeff Confer would have had to sue my ass to get his money. I wouldn't have paid him a dime. He'd right. have had to, we'd still be tied up in litigation if I was in court. See, see, there you go again, Kyle. See, you know the people, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just telling you on my end. I, I just knew that uh, we we had a local hometown guy that uh, really loved East Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ruffin was a pirate through and through. He loved yeah. ECU, and he should have never been fired. And, and and I don't, you know, nobody can convince me otherwise. I'm gonna tell you another coach that loved ECU. And I don't know what happened with this one. That it's above my pay grade because I was a player at the time. But Steve Logan. Yeah. Mike, Mike Hamrick, Mike Hamrick and him hated each other, and, okay. and we had it, and we had it, and they they had a bad relationship. We we hired a chancellor at the time named Steve, named um, God, uh, I'm getting my chancellors confused. I don't want to say the wrong name. It, he he came here from Auburn, um, and uh, he uh, was it Richard Aiken, but uh, he um he came here and um basically he couldn't get along with Logan or Hamrick. It became toxic. You, mm-hmm. you had a chancellor that didn't, get, that didn't get along with the head coach or the AD. The AD didn't get along with the head coach or the chancellor, and it was just a toxic situation. Did and, did uh, Logan did Logan get along with the baseball coach at that time? Keith Leclaire, I would think so. Yes, um, he didn't I, let I, me play baseball. <laughs> no, when you got here, that would have been uh, Keith wasn't here yet. When you got here, that would have been Coach Overton. Overton, yeah, okay, yeah, Coach yeah. Overton. He was good too, though. He was Coach Overton. If you keep up with the baseball program, he Mm -hmm. uh, he is the color analyst on the baseball network now. uh, Calling the game has been for years, but uh, Coach O, Coach O is a good guy, and uh, I'll tell him Darren Hart still pissed at him that uh, that he didn't let him play baseball. (laughs) Bubba Bubba said uh, David Daniels and Kevin Monroe both played baseball and football. Didn't know that. Why you got to rub it in Darren's face, Bubba? <laughs> no, no. Ke- I knew Kevin could play. I knew yeah. he could play baseball. I didn't know they allowed that. Like, no. But but Steve Logan, he 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 knew. 
because I asked him, I said, are you planning to redshirt me? Because if you're going to redshirt me, then I could try. And and it, back then, they, they really, if you're a football player and they paying you a scholarship, then you're going to play them. <laughs> you know, so, I just got to. I just got a text that uh, it, just just to clarify this, um, Steve Logan and, and, and Keith LeClaire, the guy that was the head coach at the end when Logan got fired, they were very good friends. They were. Yes, they were, and uh, Keith unfortunately passed away from ALS. Oh, um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, he uh, he did a great job with our baseball program. Yeah, so uh, he, and maybe maybe Logan was just trying to keep that class, you know, the Marcus Crandall. Uh, 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 Larry, I mean, it, it was Mitch Galloway, Alan Williams, you know, they, he wanted to keep all us together. Morris Foreman, we we had a good class come in that year, and uh, they kind of kept us all together. So, it might not have been, it might not even have been Coach Everton Logan, it might not even he, Mar- he Martin Liviano. Y'all remember Martin Liviano, of course. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. he, he's up, he's up in California with my brother. Yeah, is he really? Interviewed him last yeah. year. Now he he has some stories. Now he he was higher up in the pay grade. He 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 actually beat me in tackles every year. Like I was always the second leading tackle on the team because I could never get past Liviano. <laughs> um, so I every every year I played, you know. But here's the here's the deal. I never not I I only not started one game out of my career in four years. An Iron Man. Yeah, and 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 then that game, I I I set out one play, and then he put me in. That was James Webster. He put me right back in because the other guy wasn't getting it done. But uh, nowadays, you don't you don't see guys playing that. Hey, let, that let, let me that ask you a question that I always I always forget to ask this, and it's a question I like to ask. You, you always talk about um you know the teams and the play you know so the the Miami's, the NC State's, the Southern Misses, the Syracuse. What's a game or an opponent that you remember that, you know, maybe wouldn't stick out that was like a tougher game than you thought it would be? I remember one that comes to mind when you were here was 90, uh, 95 or 96 against the Ohio Bobcats. Yeah, yeah, Miami. It was, see, I was going to say something about Miami of Ohio or some Ohio. It was the Ohio, Ohio Bobcats, Ohio U, yeah. Ohio, yeah, green and white. They came to, yep. into our home, and they played us pretty good. Um, that was Jim Grobe that was their head coach, the guy that went on to take uh, Wake Forest to the Orange Bowl. Really? Yep. Dang. But yeah, they were good. They was, I, and I felt like they were well coached because they, you know. But uh, I remember that game. It was Ohio. Yeah, I was gonna say Miami of Ohio or something, but it was definitely Ohio in the name. Yeah, it was Ohio U, and I, that that's one that came to mind to me that that game um at one time the pirates had that game put away and then ohio just comes back on us and mm-hmm. i remember i don't know if you remember this you, logan had to put the defensive starters back in and yeah yeah it is it's harder to win i don't know if that was homecoming the hardest game to win at east carolina is homecoming <laughs> yeah, it certainly was this be, year against charlotte <laughs> look it's the distractions it's the distractions and, and and it's still you know i'm teaching i'm coaching high school ball and it's the same way in high school. Like the homecoming is the hardest game to win because they got all the festivities during the week, and it's harder to get the kids focused. There you go. Bubba them. just posted it. A 55-45 final. We were up yeah. 55 to 24. And, and so. again, listen, when you when you call out these scores of 40 and above, I mean 35, it, it, it makes my me cringe because we used to then give up that many points. 
Well, you did too. <laughs> we we did, but it just it's just heartbreaking to, to see it's that complimentary you, football. When you got fifty five points on the board, you're at fifty five twenty four. Logan pulls the starters, and Ohio yeah. starts coming back. And, and, yeah, you know, that, that, yeah, they they were running the option. Yeah, the the Bobcats were running the option that day. But but we ran the ball, and, and this is thing. Everybody say Steve Logan passed the ball with David Garrod, and yeah, he and, passed it to run and Jeff Blake and all this. But now we he always played com complimentary yep. with the run game because you can name every running back. Yep, that was with Steve Logan. Junior Smith, Jerry Marvin Towns, Art Brown, yeah. Scott Harley. Yeah, thousand yard rusher after thousand yard rusher. Yeah. So, so even though he was known, and uh, I want to say, what's the the genius? Uh, the the guy that coached that uh, that was with him, um, Doug Martin, Todd Berry, Doug Martin, Doug Martin, Doug Martin, mastermind himself. Him with Doug Martin and Steve Logan together. Oh man. We trained. We actually trained uh, Florida State's quarterback. Which one? Um, Danny what, Ward. Something. Charlie Ward or Charlie Ward? Yeah. Charlie Ward. Okay. That's okay. that. We had, had him on the podcast. The story. They said that the staff at Florida State, Bobby Bowden, them came down. He sent his staff to East Carolina with Doug Martin and and uh, Steve Logan to teach them how to use. Uh, Use that quarterback. Wow! And and, and 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 they they the whole staff came down and they they that's how they used Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward ended up uh, ended up having a great career in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Knicks. But they and, uh, they were would. they were good though. Like I want to say, Doug Martin went on to be a head coach somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. He he was head coach at uh, Kent State and New Mexico State. And, and then uh, we got the what's what's the other guy the the head of the uh, the running back coach he ended up being he's the head of football uh, FBS something uh, the business uh, running backs coach under under Logan and Martin um, mm -hmm. that would have he's coached with Larry Channon now down in Florida um, uh, Bubba help me out with the name here he he coached at Army he was the head coach at Army oh Todd Berry he was the yeah. offensive coordinator prior to Doug Martin. Yeah, he was the OC prior to Doug Martin, and then he took the head coaching job at Illinois State, and then on at Army. Uh, then he ended up becoming the head coach at Monroe, Louisiana Monroe. I'm not sure. He, he's the president of all of the whatever you want to call it. Okay, oh, he, he he's over everything. <laughs> I did not realize that. I'm have to look up what Todd's doing now. But we um, we had but look him up. But he we had those type of coaches at East Carolina. Even, yeah, and even the, the the Chuck Baganos and all that. That, that that's who we had and everybody was inspiring to be head coaches see now the coaching staff is young like coaches are young now and they're bouncing around and you're getting ga's to move up and you know it's it just I, I wonder well how young is our staff well doug well um donnie kirkpatrick 712 um, but, but yeah, yeah, no, Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick was with Shankweiler, so I, yeah, but, they, but relatively young. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we're young and, and, and it's working. Um, the offensive side of the ball, our own line coach is a very experienced guy, um, in his first year here, but he's very experienced. Um, I, besides that, I'd have to go look at everybody's resume, um, as far as you know how experienced they are, but. I don't think we're as young as you think we are, surprisingly. Right. 
Right. Um, but we, uh, I, I do get what you're saying. Um, so uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend, you know, uh, cause I know you, you go in, but I, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as negative on, on the, the staff as everybody thinks I am. I, I just don't yeah, right, 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 right. You just, just you don't just think somebody... used to be this bad on offense. Yeah. So. Somebody got to be called to the carpet. Well, I always go after the hit guy. You know, who hired the offensive coordinator? <laughs> who, who hired the assistant coaches? You because, know. But, but, Cal, because I'm in coaching, because I'm in coaching, it, it, I don't always go after the head guy. It, well, it, he makes the hires. Guy. Yeah, he <laughs> did hire him. But, yeah, you know, you never know. Like, it could be politics that hire people. Could be. Could be. But, but I, 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 I get what you're saying. I, get I can saying. imagine on that level. You know, it, yeah, it's a high I, level. So, you know, well, you, and and there probably be some politics that come into play. You know, there's some there's some rumors out there floating around about your old head coach might want to come be the OC here. Um, so so uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, speaking of politics, old old Henry Hinton and Steve Logan are best friends, and yeah. we all know um, his name Henry Hinton carries some weight. So we'll. Uh, Steve, we'll, you we'll, think Steve would come back? There's rumors, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I, there, there are rumors out there um, that that Logan uh, would consider coming back as OC or or offensive analyst. Um, I don't know how much truth there is to it. I, right. I just, I, I just know that um, Steve and I go on hoistthecolors.com, who works for Henry Hinton now at ninety four point three, uh, posted a raised the question: How would people feel about Steve Logan coming back as offensive coordinator? Um, Patrick Johnson. Who works for Henry Hinton asked Steve Logan on the Patrick Johnson show, um, "Would you consider coming back into coaching?" And Steve said, "If it was the right situation." Um, so, to me, it, for those rumors to be spreaded, those questions to be asked, all people affiliated with Henry Hinton, and I know Henry's relationship with Steve Logan, I, I think Henry's trying to make it happen. Right. Um, but uh, who knows beyond that? Well, you know, it, it would bring a lot of people back. To the, you know, like Jeff Connors would bring a lot of people back because he he spent so many years as a pirate as a coach. Yeah, you know, no, and, uh, you, you know, I we, we talking about bringing people back. You know, I I, I look at you know, I, I it, depending on the way the rest of the season plays out, you know, talking about bringing people back. I like you know, I'd like to see that Riley the, that Riley offense back. Maybe Garrett Riley, um, but you know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out yeah. in terms of head coaches and offensive coordinators, I think we can rest assured we'll have a new offensive coordinator as far as head coach goes, right. um, yet to be determined. I, I think, you know, uh, one and 11, it's going to be pretty hard to for Houston to keep his job. Um, but I think we can win out. I genuinely Well, well let, me, let me ask you this. You know, mm-hmm. we, we talking about Kirkpatrick. Uh, it, has he worked with that collective group of coaches for, you know, like he, he has a, I guess the old line coach was there, but um, well, the, the O-line coach came from South Florida. Uh, he was he was strongly suggested by Steve Shankweiler, um, you know, and, and well, you know, very well, uh, very well-respected guy. Um, there well, I received the, in, the, the guy that coached CJ, the, the inside receivers guy. He, he left. We lost several guys from the offensive staff, yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest losses from the offensive staff was our passing game coordinator, uh, whose name is escaping me right now. He's at Maryland now as an assistant coach. Okay. And, uh, and uh, if somebody could, it, Bubba, if you post his name, Latrell Scott. 
Latrell Scott, okay. I think, was a big loss for us. But Donnie's gone. It, it, it is, it, yeah, Latrell Scott. It, Donnie's gone. I mean, there, there's, there's, you know, this is no disrespect to Donnie Kirkpatrick. I think Donnie Kirkpatrick is one of the best wide receivers coaches we ever had when right. he was here yeah. under Ralph and McNeil. Um, yeah. He coached, he coached Wayne Harris, you know, Justin Hardy, um, Zay Jones, et cetera. Um, right. And I, and I, I, I just, somebody's going to have to be the scapegoat and, there's no way Donnie's going to keep his job. It, you know, he's, he, he's, but no, uh, you if know, the, if the head, if the head, if the head coach won't keep his job, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So it, it's whether, whether it's on Donnie's shoulders or not, um, Donnie will be the scapegoat if, if, if Mike Houston is retained. So right. we will be hiring a new, if we're, if we don't hire a new OC, I'd, I'd be extremely shocked. <laughs> so, yeah. But we'll, we'll see how the rest. I, I I genuinely believe, and this is not, and this is for people that think I'm negative and everything. I I, I picked us to upset Tulane, and I genuinely believe we can win out. I think we can win these next three games. I I think we're getting better since the Charlotte game, particularly. I think we've improved a lot, right. and I believe we can beat Florida Atlantic Navy and uh and Tulsa, and put the fired Mike Houston conversation to bed, and uh, move on and make some changes on offense and. See if we can get back to winning next year. Um, so I, I believe we can do that. I'm, I'm not, I, you know, as negative as I am, I'll also be real. Um, right. I, I, I believe we can beat Florida Atlantic Navy and uh, and Tulsa. I, I believe we can win all three of those games. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying we're going to go one and eleven. I'm saying if we go one and eleven. Well, scratch, scratch your head and 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 because nobody knows how to do this yet, but. We have to find a way to to keep the NLI, that the NIL. We got to find a way to keep kids at ECU because if you if you can keep kids together for for two to three years, mm-hmm. you you can you can develop something. You if yeah, you team, keep coaches, if you keep coaches together for two to three years, you can develop something. Team Team Boneyard um, is the uh, is the collective. Um, you can join Team Boneyard. Anybody can join Team Boneyard, businesses or individuals. You can donate as little or as much as you want. You can mm-hmm. become an official team of a, an official member of Team Boneyard if you're a fan for as little as ten dollars a month, um, and all that money goes towards NIL. So that is what we have to do. We have to build our collective. Um, yeah. That that is desperately. No matter who the head coach is, uh, we need to give to NIL. Right. So. Yeah, teamboneyard.org. There it is on the screen for those watching. Uh, that's the website. Go join. I mean, if you can only afford ten dollars a month, I mean, you can't even buy a combo. You can't even get a Big Mac combo at McDonald's for ten dollars a month hardly anymore. So uh, anybody can. If you can't afford ten dollars a month, give me a call. I'll give you ten dollars that you can give it to Tim Boneyard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so it, it, and don't think and don't think I can only afford ten or twenty or thirty or forty or fifty dollars a month. My, my money don't matter. If it didn't matter, they wouldn't offer those giving levels. It all adds up. A, a lot, a, a lot of a little equals a lot. So, yeah. yeah. So, Darren, it's been good having you on, Stevie. You got anything else for Darren? I don't. I just appreciate Darren coming on. Uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed talking to you. Uh, glad we got to do it this week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. And I like like you guys. I'm I'm ECU all the way through. And uh, hopefully we turn it around and, and we get to see some good football in the next month or so in these 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 next last four games. 
And, yeah, uh, I hope so too. I really we could, do. We I could build do. off of it. We could build off of it and, you know, get, like you said, get some of the alumnus to get behind the program uh, even more. We talked about it, uh, uh, Terrell and, uh, you know, some of the guys, they talked about even doing a um, football seminar or something, uh, coaches seminar with all the the players that 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 are high school coaches now come up to and and do like a little coaching seminar uh with with, with Terrell Williams, you know, uh Dwayne Lefford and 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 put their names on it and, and you know what I'm saying get everybody together that's coaching and um you know just have like a little clinic, you know, uh open up some of the meeting rooms and we we talked about it, open up the meeting rooms and whatnot, film so that you know the local high school coaches and stuff can come up and you know old pirates can kind of show what what they're doing you know what i mean and and you know you you got two former pirates that are nfl coaches and, and top of they you know top of their 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 uh coaching deal so it, it it's been talked about uh I, I we talked about it last year hopefully we can get it together this summer uh where you know all the old pirate players that are coaching can come back to uh you know use a facility to uh do clinic do a clinic we we tried to do it uh terrell tried to do it last year him and Dwayne, but um hopefully we can get that going and you know yeah hopefully and uh, whoever at the university um i i don't know coach houston or john gilbert whoever has to clear that um right. needs to clear it because you guys paved the way you guys are actually pirates. That's another thing I'll say too. Um, when I'm critical, you're a pirate. Uh, Dwayne Lefford's a pirate. Um, right. uh, uh, Mike Houston is a paid pirate. He's an employee. So um, you know, again, now, take that however you will. He been <laughs> how long? Hey, Cal, how long he he been here? Long enough? Five years. <laughs> He's being paid to be here. He's being paid to be here. <laughs> yeah. I'll- I, he my he's the honorary pirate, God dang it. Yeah, no, no. I, look, I respect Coach Houston. He's a good, he's a good man. He's a good coach. Just this year on offense to be that bad is unexcusable. I, I'm, I, I'm with you. You told me he was a defensive coach. He is. He is. He's I a defensive know, minded coach. Absolutely. So but he was, hired but he you, hired that offensive staff. There you go. You're right. You're absolutely right. You. We got a comment right. here on the screen. So uh, yeah. this is from this is from Rod, my buddy Rod J. TJ Slaughter and um, Marshawn Kenny need to join the show and talk to Matt and Darren about the 90s, uh, the ECU Southern Miss rivalry. Do you remember, uh, obviously, TJ Slaughter and Marshawn Kenny, Marshawn Kenny were defensive guys, so they were playing on the other side of the ball, but you had to remember watching those two guys play for USM. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. we know about them, but, I mean, but, and, and it, that was a rivalry game. I mean, but we beat them with the flip and, and with the last second field goal. We we actually got over them. We just didn't ever get over uh, the Virginia Tech. So yeah, you know Virginia Tech. Uh, we lost to them up there in, in the coldest game ever. And um, I, I think that '95 game during your time was that your only win over Southern Miss because or was there another one? <laughs> it no not that no we won a lot of games, but Southern Miss was the one that where, where we flipped and. The, 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 the fake field goal in 95, but I, I was trying to remember. In I remember 96, it was a loss. 
Uh, I don't remember 92, 93, and 94. I don't know if uh, anybody else does. 94 was a win. Okay, so uh, you, you guys had back-to-back wins over 94. Yeah, we beat them regularly now. I mean, yeah, it's, Southern, it's Southern Miss. Yes, yeah, Southern Miss. Yeah. It was a blowout. It was 31 to 10. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing. Southern Miss is trash. <laughs> I ain't gonna say they. I ain't gonna say they track. They they the most. They they had a great atmosphere. I I, I got a buddy that commenting. Ron James. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's a big Southern Miss fan. So I'm I'm talking junk to him. Uh, yeah. that, that's what that is. But they are trash now. I'll tell you what. If I East Carolina and Southern Miss played this year, it'd be a pillow fight. Because good would. God Almighty, they're just as bad as we are. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you bring that back. At the end of the season, let let a because we're not going. Neither one of us are going to a bowl game. Just let ECU and Southern Miss fight it out at the end of the season. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Unfortunately, college, you know, the NCAA would never allow that. Yeah, yeah they be, might step in on that. I'd be totally for that, one hundred percent. Well, y'all play that game in Charlotte. We're going to do it in neutral site. Play. Hey, yeah. you know, you talk about you talking about alumni. Uh, we could get we could get old Vince McMahon. To uh to fund that game, I mean, he, yeah, he, we could go down there to WWE headquarters and have the game down there. The NCAA Play, wouldn't know nothing about it. Playing Stanford, Connecticut, yeah, there we yeah. go. We can make it an XFL game if uh, Vince is going to do that. You don't want to hear that word. Yeah. <laughs> well, Darren, it's been good having you on. We're going to have you on again sometime. Maybe we'll have you and your brother on together, and uh, yeah. and uh, we uh, you know, that'll be us. interesting because. That'll be interesting because what he remember and I remember together, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, we have to hear about some of those arguments on the field, too. Oh, yeah. I, I tell you, man, Army game. You, you said Army might be back in our conference. We play They Army. will. They we, are starting next year. Yeah, we, we play Army, uh, and I think Morris Point, that was one of his best games. He had like not, three not 95 in Mikey Stadium up in uh, West Point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my brother went in there. And I want to say he tore his leg up because he just come kamikaze out, out from free safety. And um, we already had the tackle, and he just going to come bury himself in there and, and hurt his leg. And I was like, I fussed at him. He's down on the ground hurt. Everybody telling motion and to come get him. I said, you stupid. You stupid. How you going to get hurt? And we, you know we need you. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, we used to we used to go at it, man. That's awesome. Brotherly love. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. if anybody else would have been talking that crap for you to your brother, you'd have probably oh, been ready yeah. to hit him. Oh yeah, we yeah, they they we never were we never really I mean we I'm talking about the Rod Coleman's, the I'm talking about everybody, they respected because it was do if Dwayne Lefford was gonna come at me, uh he know he got to have David there. And yep. we was always together. We slept. We slept in the same dorm room. Right. Yeah. So, so everybody, I guess they they figured, you know, it's just not one twin. It's, it's going to you get them both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we never really had problems with with being small and, you know, people kind of trying to challenge us. And plus, I, I, I will say, yeah, that that class, um, it it was uh, the class in '93. Oh, who, who was that? Jerry Dillon and them sack. Jerry Dillon. They kind of they didn't care. They they kind of roughed us up a little bit. But uh, other than them, because George Koontz and them, which is you know I talk about George Koontz. You know I, he he's a mentor type. You know 
very upstanding guy. Like we wanted to look him and Robert Jones. They had left right after '92, and uh, right, yeah, and and we never got to play with them. But they would always come back, and you know, in the beginning of their NFL careers, they would always be like the big, big guys coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we we kind of shoot. I followed their careers, and I was glad that George Coons went to Green Bay. That was my team. Yeah, George, George, good guy. We've had him on the podcast several times, and uh, he uh, he is in administration now at some university at Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so uh, a guy that uh, at some point, you know, um, I think could maybe be a candidate to run the Pirate Club in the future if he ever wants to come back to this area. Uh, right. So. Well, Darren, it's been good having you on. Um, again, it, you, whenever you want to come on, let us know. We, we'd be more than happy to have you on Talk Football. And uh, it, good having you and hearing the stories about the old days and your thoughts yeah. on the current situation. T- tell Matt that I said, what's up, man? He's doing a hell of a job on, on his his little deal. I'll tell him. I sure will. Matt, uh, Sonny and Semenza, every uh, uh, yeah Tuesday or Wednesday. It's one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, hit, hit Jason Halder and Matt Semenza. Uh, pick uh, g- give their picks for the week in college football, and he and uh, Matt always joins us also on the Pirate Football Play Black, on the Pirate Football Playback, and many times on the Pirate Preview. So uh, Matt Smith is a big part of the uh, oh, Sports podcast. I got I got to say this for Darren gets out of here. Justin Butts has made a comment. Darren Hart for ECU offensive coordinator. There you go. No nah, man, I'm defense man. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm a head knocker now. Yeah. I hate to see them points go up there, but no, nah, that that's too much pressure. I, I've been, I've been a, I've been an offensive coordinator for a girls' flag football team, and I tell you now, it, being an offensive coordinator is very hard. That sounds like our offense this year, girls' flag football. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? You know the difference between offense, defense, offense. Everybody has to be right. Exactly. Yeah. No, you know, defense right. people can mess up and get covered up. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it takes. So, so uh, which one you want to coach? Yeah. Oh yeah, which one you want to coach? Shoot. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it's, it's hard. It's hard to different. run an offense on air. Yeah. Yeah. We know you were kidding, Justin. Darren's yeah, just. We, uh, we had to figure that out, Adam. But yeah. Uh, yeah, as as a head, co- I've been a head coach for this was my 13th year, but up until like halfway through i just called defense and mm-hmm. i'm at a small private school but there was one year i started coaching and i was having to call offense and defense and for me to have to call offense i was like oh boy we're we're in a world of trouble here boy. look that play clock that play clock gets smaller and smaller doesn't it <laughs> and then and then you're running about 30 plays through your head like okay what do i, what do I need to run here what do i need to run here but I, I tell you what, Steve, I've I've, I've witnessed a lot of OCs in, 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 in my time. I've been coaching for 27 years. Um, if you have a plan and you map out, you know, have a script, yeah, it, it definitely helps. Yeah, I well, I, look, I had the script, but when that script goes to crap, when it, when none of that script's working, you got to come up with something else. That's called ECU right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Justin. Justin Butt said he knows the uh, offense coordinator Wayne Christian. At least they can score more than twelve points a game. Yeah, yeah that's true. Wayne, is, that, is he trash? Is he trash talking? Is that is that eight man private football, private high school football trash talk there, Steve? 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's not talking. I think he's talking about uh, ECU's. Uh, I hope he is. Okay. Okay. I, I a war with Justin right up here on on, on this because Justin Justin remembers that uh that championship game of a few years back, which Wayne. I tell you what, Wayne put up what Justin seventy points the other night against Lawrence. Mm. Mm. I think it was like seventy to twenty six. So yeah. Don't they run the clock? When you get so many points. Yeah, when you get up by 40, it's like if you get up over 40, it's a running clock and it never stops. You, you know, right, you right. Yeah, it, it, eight man, eight man football. If you get to the outside, you if you don't have speed, you're probably not gonna be successful. I don't want to hear listen, it's two things. Arena football can't do it, and eight man football can't do it. It's hard enough to learn eleven man football. Oh shoot! Look, I ran. I I played eleven man. I think the last year I was at school, the school I coach at, I put it was the last time we played eleven man football. We played with thirteen guys, and wow. when they asked us before that year started, didn't we want to try eight man football? And then we we told them no. We were like we were looking at it like no, nah, we ain't gonna what's out like that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this out. I, I wish. And I mean, we didn't have a good year. We played a lot of teams. We, a lot of teams in our conference went to eight man, so we had to play teams that were in like the Raleigh area. The and had uh, 30, 30 guys on the roster, and and you're you're sitting there with thirteen. And yeah, it was tough. You played Iron Man. I didn't come off the field except halftime and the end of the game. Wow. So yeah, it was it was tough. But eight man, you know, it's you know, I, I would like to try the eight man. For, for a season when I was playing. All right, we're going to, we're, um, we, we're at the end of the show, so we're going to let Darren close it out with us. So what we're going to do, we're going to go around the horn here and uh, we, we're going to give our prediction for Saturday against Ford Atlantic. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm going to start it off, um, Captain Negative here. I'm, uh, I'm going uh, to say we get the upset. I, I'm going I'm to say the Pirates get the upset in Buckeraton, Florida. Uh, I'm gonna say the Pirates come away with a 23 to 17 victory over the uh, Florida Atlantic Owls. You want me to go next? Sure. I'll go. I'll go. You were right, right about the score. I said, Kyle, I'm, I'm going 21 17 ECU. You you got the upset also. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, and I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come in with, and I want ECU to win. So I, I'm 21 to 10. Okay. Pirates like by eleven. So all three of us calling the upset. There you go. Send that to Mike Houston. I, see the, the 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 man with the uh the, the man with with the with the hate in his heart sitting in the recliner. Uh, plus plus Darren and Stevie, all three uh, uh think we're gonna uh, beat Florida Atlantic this week. So there you go. Put send that to Coach Houston. Do you think what, what do you think what do you think Houston? Do you think he listens to that fifth quarter just to hear hear what your rant is, Kyle? Now. Uh, of course, according according to Chandler Chandler Honeycutt from Pirate Radio, apparently so. Uh, apparently, that 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 comment from uh from uh from Houston about uh people with angry with anger yeah. in their heart yeah. sitting in a recliner was about me, according to Chandler. Wow, so, uh, wow, Kyle, I remember that. I do too. I mean, I, that was wow, the first thing I was... thought about when I heard it too. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, according to Chandler, that was about me. I I seriously doubt it was, but. <laughs> Glenn Griffin, oh, yeah. no, no, it was Chandler. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Chandler. If I'm if I'm wrong, Bubba, um, if it was Glenn Griffin, 
Um, I, I apologize to Chandler, but I'm almost positive it was Chandler. Um, but if it was Glenn Griffin, then I apologize to Chandler uh, uh, vociferously because I've, I've I've quoted Chandler for saying that several times this week. But if it was Glenn Griffin, I, I do apologize to Chandler. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this: when I heard that comment, I, I you're the first person I did think about because it's like, well, you know, damn you too, Stevie, damn you too. Well, I don't know. Hate in my heart sitting in a recliner. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's just not me. You're not yeah, I, I know when Kyle has hate in his heart. Yeah, it reminds me of Brother Love. I, but Stevie, you'll get this reference. Oh yeah, yeah. you you got no love in your heart. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, but but Kyle, if, if you don't say nothing, then that means you don't care. Exactly. exactly. So 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 you're you're a true pirate because you care. I do care, and 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 I and I try to make points, even when I'm ranting and raving. There there are yeah. points I'm trying to make. I'm not just I'm not just saying nothing. It's not just you know right. anger for the sake of anger. There there are points that are trying to be made. Um, right. I think sometimes people get lost in the tone of the voice um, right. versus the words, but uh, they remember it. <laughs> they remember me talking, whether they remember what I said or not. Yeah. Well, I like, I like that rooster too. neck, Billy Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Bubba Weaver. If you got a problem with the comment, take it over, Bubba. But uh, all right. So we got all, all three of us picked the Pirates to beat the Florida Atlantic Owls this week. We will see if that actually happens. Uh, let's hope so. Let's hope the Pirates go 2 0 Saturday. The, 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 the men's basketball team takes on the Campbell Camels at 2 p.m. That can be seen on ESPN. Plus. Uh, followed up by the battle with Florida Atlantic at 4 p.m. in football, also on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, give the team Boneyard. Join the team behind the team. Uh, the collective today, go to teamboneyard.org to donate. Um, there he goes right there on the screen. Thank you, Bubba, team, boneyard.org. And um, also uh, programming coming up. Um, we will have a, um, a pirate football playback on Sunday night. Um, I don't know if there'll be a Pirate basketball overtime after the Campbell game because we have a football game right afterwards. I'm assuming not. So I'm assuming maybe Sunday we'll do a combination of the Pirate football playback and uh, Pirates uh, basketball overtime. So for Bubba Rosenbaum producing, our guest tonight, Darren Hart and Stevie Fly, I am Kyle from LaGrange Barber. You have been watching and listening to just another sports podcast here on the Force Objective Network. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. Thank you.